Hey, and welcome to this week's edition of the Rugby Report Card. With me this week is Jim. Hello, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Um, Blake, how are you, mate? Hey, good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, actually. You know, uh, England's at the top of the current championship they're in at the moment. Um, looking forward to listening to you to uh, analyse this week's game. So, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, all right. Where should we get started? Uh, it's always hard picking the, sport, the starting point. It is, and especially because we didn't do a podcast after the historic win of Argentina, but it almost feels played to do that now, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. How did you feel, actually? Like, look at it really objectively. With the historic win, did you expect Argentina to drop off? Did you think they'd be right in the crest of the wave? What did you expect before the game? I know it's hard to, to look back when the event has already happened. but what well, No, no, my sports count can tell you what I expected. Uh, <laughs> I thought they'd start really strong and really, really passionate, but I just didn't think they'd have the legs. I think it's, um, we've seen it time and time again, haven't we? When you beat New Zealand at a World Cup, it's very hard to back up a week later. Um, and I was expecting that. I, I really didn't think they would have enough in them. What did you think, Jim? Yeah, I thought Australia would come out firing, of which they did. Um, and it would sort of be an easy win in the end. That's that's what I thought was going to happen. Um, I didn't expect us to capitulate like we did, and I didn't expect them to defend quite quite as well as I thought they were going to. I thought it'd be super tough to back up that spirited performances two weeks ago. But uh, nah, as usual, we we were tripping over our own feet a bit there. Um, positive signs in our attack, but just Jesus. Yeah, it was it was frustrating. Sure, well, let's let's jump right into it. Um, I mean, it's just frustrating, isn't it? Just really, really frustrating. We were the better side for the full eighty minutes. You sound frustrated. I am frustrated. Um, but at international rugby, defence, set piece, and goal kicking, and I'll add decision making to that wins games of rugby. Um, so does that mean, by your definition, you weren't the better side? No, <laughs> no. I just think we were possession territory. Adlon, hundred percent, we were. Hundred <laughs> percent, we were the better team. I just think the takeaway from this is just fucking kicky goals, man. If that was New Zealand, we were kicking those goals. Mm. We need to stop playing with this ranking of this team. We should be able to play like this against this team. Just win the fucking game. Yeah, it showed a lack of respect. When they were able to basically keep New Zealand out for a whole game. Yeah, it was quite checker. I thought we were a bit done with those tactics. I, was, I thought I was ready to move on and just play winning formulas. But yeah. we're just committed to going over the line. Don't force it, man. Because you get frustrated, you lose confidence, and you end up playing like shit. And Especially. if you can feel the momentum, it's in your favor. It's a tough call to make, but you, you, you take the points. Especially when there's no history that our line-out functions. I think the biggest thing is also when you play international rugby, you know, actually any rugby really, but scoreboard pressure is a, is a massive thing. And if you knock those points over early, which were achievable and you could have done that, um, Argentina have to change their game plan. And obviously you played into their hands a little bit because of it. So I absolutely agree. I'm a Northern Hemisphere fan. You know, take the points, create that pressure, create that scoreboard pressure and, and then make the other, team, the other team adapt to what you're doing. And I don't think you I want to do that. I think Rennie came out and said that and said, I think we got bored. Like we started doing it and then uh, it's like the players got bored or something. I, I'm going to say this though, and I know this is going to be very controversial and not well received on a rugby podcast, but fuck it, I'm going to say it. Um, it's it's 
because it's been unequivocal with league fans and other Australian punters that I've spoken to. I think it was Andrew Voss tweeted, and, and look, I'll call it. The guy's a douchebag. Um, if you don't know, he's Richard Rugby League commentator. Punish. Absolutely. Sure. No idea. Sure. You need your headphones. Uh, if they're handy, Blake, be worth getting. I really don't sound too good. He's coming in and out for me. What do you reckon, Richie? Oh, no, he sounds good to me, mate. All right, carry on. Well, let, let me finish this rant, and then I'll go get him. Uh, if I can find his actual tweet, I'm sure because I want to give it. Here we go. Um, two big rugby union test played on the weekend. Australia versus Argentina, France versus Scotland. A total of 67 points were scored. One try, 20 penalty goals. That's embarrassing for a sport. And, and I know what you'll say, and I know what rugby fans will say, and I agree Australia should have kicked their goals. That's where the state of the game is. But doesn't he have a point? Yeah, but you see, the counter-argument to this is take the, the, the most popular game in the entire world, which is, which is football. We'd all agree with that. Soccer, okay? Um, there is something... Okay, now. A, always try and bring that up. And, but we would always sit there. As a, I, I love my football as well. We'd sit there and I can take... Put them on top, of, man. They're on top. I know. I love the Spurs. Um, I, can, I can take as much joy out of a tactical nil-nil game because I love the game um, and watch a defensive performance than I do out of a 5-5 game. So... I understand that. Um, and and I understand same, that, and I think that's what rugby fans listen that's to. That's what I'm going to say. And it's like, unless you're, a, unless you're a true avid fan, you're never going to understand that. But who are we and appealing in Australia, to? Who, who are the avid fans? You're talking about yeah. high schools in New South Wales. But the point is, who are, who are we appealing to? Because if you're appealing to the, the, the random league fan, et cetera, then yes, okay, then you may have an issue. But I, I don't think that's who our, your target audience is, is it? In, in Australia, I think it is. Okay. The sport's very small. Um, we, I mean, what's our deal? And I think it's an awesome deal. $100 million over five years or something like that. The league deals five to six times that. Mm. Of course, we've lost our top three players out of high school rugby union. Mm. We don't have the money to compete. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting point. And, and, and I agree that Australia needs to kick their goals. And if I had a time machine, we would have kicked our goals. And if we play Argentina next week or New Zealand the week after, let's kick our fucking goals. But I think the other thing is also you get a winning Wallaby team. Everyone jumps on the bandwagon in every country, but everyone jumps on the bandwagon when a team is winning. And if you win 21-18 with kick goals all the way, then surely you're laughing, no? Uh, and, I agree, and I agree with that to, to a point as well. Um, winning does really solve a lot of these problems. Um, and it's testament to Argentina's defence and spoiling tactics at the breakdown. Yeah, but Vosti also works for Foxtel, man. Doesn't he? Yeah, works for Foxtel, Com- yeah. has no interest in promoting that sport at all. The fact that he watched two games this weekend, good on him. He definitely didn't watch two games. And, and I, I hear criticisms, and I know we're preaching to the choir, and I'm the one who'll be doing people's head in listening to this because we've got rugby fans listening to this. Mm. But I think there's something to be said about it. 160 minutes of footy at the international level, one try. I, I just, yeah. It just doesn't surprise me. That happens every no. week. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, th- I think it's an interesting point. I think but, it's then, a- but then if you look at it, the other side of the coin is, why, why wasn't he including England Island in there when there was tries? Yeah, well, clearly he's cherry-picking to prove his point. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a, you can sway statistics and bias whichever way you want. Oh, but. can't you sway him? <laughs> so talking about swaying, which Wallaby players, let's change the topic, swayed you in a positive way? Like which ones stood out this weekend? Yeah, because there's lots of negatives and we'll jump on that bandwagon. But who stood out for you in a positive way this weekend? Um, Harry Wilson never ceases to amaze. 
kid's a gun. Mm. Pulling him off was mind-blowing. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those where I was surprised as well. You generally don't take your number eight off, um, in my opinion, but it was a surprise. Mm. Um, Taniola Tupo, I know he copped some stick. I thought he, I thought he was immense. People say he was about to get a card. Fuck off, he didn't. I was in him. I thought he had a big game as well. Um, Paisami continues to impress me at twelve. Um, yeah, I would, I would jump on that bandwagon of Paisami at twelve. He's really stood up. I said it a couple of weeks ago. You know, his distribution at twelve is better than what I, what I expected it to be. Um, and he's, he's working around the, the breakdown as well. He gets in there. Um, he's doing well at 12. I, I like it. And this is my point that we played better than Argentina. Who played well for Argentina outside uh, of the back row? Yeah, quite a few of you. Sanchez, Buffelli. Buffelli, come on, he's off the bench. <laughs> Please. Um, the back row played well. Yeah, I'll give you that. Pulled this up there at breakdown. Hmm. Um, I just didn't see that much. Sanchez kicked his goals. Um, I thought Wright for Australia played well. I still don't think he's a... And I'm going to grate some stick here probably. I still don't think he's an international back rower yet, right? But he's obviously getting no, better no, as wing, time goes on. No, right. Oh, sorry. Yeah, right. Hamstring. Right. You were wrong there. Wrong, wrong right. Hey. Hey. Oh, yeah. I thought Nick White, speaking of right. Nick White, I think Nick White played quite well. Nick sounds quite tough to write. Whilst he was box kicking, we looked great. Mm. I don't know why we went away from it. Mm. Yeah. Look, it, it, yeah, I don't, yeah. got bored. Mm. I think I think the point you take away, well, I took away from this is like, there's just two games now in this little series in which Hodge could have kicked us to win the game. Yeah, and he missed both times. And he missed both times. He didn't kick, he kicked okay. I just are we picking him? Is he in the squad for his long range kicks? Because they're not very reliable. No, he's. he's and I know he. I know he's playing ten, but he's always going to jump on the bench, right? Hmm. Um, and we have who else? Who else is in there that kicks? Fuck, someone else was there. Yeah, but I think when everybody's fit, when everybody's fit, he's yes, the long range kicks. But you've got Tamua who will kick, Lola Seal will kick, James O'Connor will kick. So he's way down the list. It was just a, a situational thing where he had to kick. This week, oh, I'm going to go out on a limb though, and I, I think he was highly praised as well, Reese Hodge. And I think I'll be out of line here, but he's not a ten, and it showed on the weekend. Yeah. Um, you, if your Lollasie is in your squad, and James O'Connor goes down, you got to play him, don't you? And I understand playing Reese Hodge against the All Blacks, but I think Argentina's a different kettle of fish. I really do. Yep. Um, and How can I you think, drop him after a performance like the All no, Blacks? But that's and their blueprint. Yeah, and I think I think you, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Jim. He had to play, but I, he, he he's one of those blokes, and so is Paisami, who played well, mind you, and so is Patea, who looks for contact before they look to pass. So if you want Hodge to pass, he's got to do it fifteen meters behind the ad line. Now he ran well. Every time he ran, he was in half a gap. But you can't have a ten who looks for contact first. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I just think, uh, you know, and look, he didn't play poorly. He's the wrong guy to point the finger at. But I just think if your 10's not functioning in international rugby, it's tough. It's a tough gig out there. Um, and whilst White was steering us around, we looked all right. Um, and then he, he looked to tire a bit in the second half and then Gordon couldn't keep it up. Um, while we're on blokes, we rip Simmons. Simmons had a game. 
He showed up. Sometimes showed up. does. Um, Phillips intrigued me. I think um, I was probably the most impressed I've been by him. Matt Phillip, his work rate is just immense. His post-contact meters impressed the pants off me. But, but will he ever have the physicality to do it? He doesn't look tall enough or big enough. Who would you replace him with out of just interest? There isn't, there isn't someone. Mm. But when I look at what he's doing on the park, I think he's doing everything really, really, really well. But I've got this worry that he's not going to, you know, you look at his age, you look at his skill, you look at his work rate, you think the sky's the limit, but I think there's a physicality holding him back there. I think you've been a bit harsh on him, really. I understand where you're going with it, but I, I think he adds so much to that, that, that front five at the moment. He's the one stable horse of that, that front five. So uh, I think he's done well calling the line out. I think he'll get better with Jeff Parling as his coach there as well. So I think he needs I can't, to... I, you know what? I, don't, I understand what you're trying to say, but I'm not going to sit here and say he's done well calling the line out. Okay. Well, we'll agree to disagree. I think you need someone to be able to call it properly. And I think most of the time in terms of... No, he's is, calling it. Is he calling yeah. it well? Well, how do you know that he's not calling it well? Because it's the underthrows and the overthrows that are calling the issue. So that's not normally the person that's calling the actual liner option, no? Yeah, I just find it hard to say he's doing a good job calling when we lose a couple of lineouts a game. Okay. Might be VPA's fault, might be his fault. I don't know. I don't know what happens up there. No, but you'll give an opinion, though. Oh, please. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's too easy at this point. So I'm just going to be nice about it. Kid gloves. What What's the deal with Hannigan? Yeah, we've been here and done that though. Like for him, he's just not an international player. He's I don't. It's, it does feel like I'm we're bullying him right now, but I feel like I don't know what he adds. He's talk about lack of lack of um, of size, lack of post contact meters, lack of lack of ruckability. I genuinely don't know what he adds, and that sounds like I'm being a dickhead to him, but. I don't yeah, know. and it, it sounds played, doesn't it? But he had a good Super Rugby season. I why we? I don't understand what's doing. I think we said this earlier. It seems to be an overcompensation for the lineout that we've gone for height there. Hmm. Um, it didn't work. Jim, thoughts? Yeah, well, now's the time. Maybe no one's putting their hand up. No one's directly in training, playing any harder or practicing any better than anyone else. And so Hannigan's the incumbent. Keep him in there. It's interesting to see the teams that will get picked coming into next week because Valentini came on and was quite aggressive and he played very limited minutes. But I was more aware of him than I was of Hannigan for the 70 before that. And I think, fuck it, at this point of the competition, they need to start. They need to go. If you want to know what they're made of, you've got to give them a run. Well, that's the thing. Who's who's been your most impressive? Um, Samu, Valentini, Wright, Hannigan. How can you give? How can you give an honest appraisal of the others? Other they haven't played, man. Samu yeah, played, played one test. Mm. Valentini played ten minutes. So, who would you want to? I absolutely agree with that. Who would you want to then say, okay, look, let's let's give you a run in the team? Is it Samu, Valentini, Wright, Hannigan, Swinton? Who I think it's I think it's Valentini's to get a crack. I think it's his turn to get a crack if it's working like that. I don't know what the inner workings are and who's training exceptionally well and all that. But um, two, someone's I, – I don't think they're going to make any change. I think Hannigan will be starting at six on Saturday. Two takeaways from that, Jim. Um, one is, I agree, Valentini is the guy I want to see there. But if you're looking for a short-term fix, I go Samu. Older, more experienced, doesn't have a bad game rugby. Um, if you're looking for the long-term solution, I think it's Valentini. But I think your point, Jim, about training isn't an indictment on training. If Hannigan's out-training everyone, because that's the only explanation at this point, he's not out-playing them, 
what's doing in training? I don't know. <laughs> like, is it just Thursdays or like they are at club rugby, just line outs? Because you'd probably carve it. Unopposed line outs. Yeah, yeah. yeah those line outs are not being practiced accordingly anyway. So, remember those line outs down at yeah, Southern Phil, Districts? Phil's getting all the calls wrong. Yeah, absolutely. VPA's <laughs> <laughs> chucking it into nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and they and the Wallabies had the audacity to put a video of all the hookers throwing from the midway line on the basketball court midweek. Did you see that? No, I didn't, but shelve that shit until you've won yeah. a couple of line-outs. Yeah, I'll put that in the, in the fucking archives until we win a few line-outs on the run. Genuine question on that line-out, because you know a little bit what happens in that, that tight five, Richard. I've got no idea. How did the Brumbies, with a genuinely short back row, you're talking Samu Valentini, a six and eight, um, just have clearly this year, it was the Australian concerts, right? But go back a year, the line-out still was... Incredible. Go back two years. Incredible. Small back row the whole time. Incredible lineup. How do you then put a gold jersey on and I can't do it? Well, let's just get one thing straight. First of all, I think we need to take a step back and say yes, the Brumbies' lineup is fantastic, but they're playing against the Tars, the Force. No, I said that. Nine o'clock back, two or three years. It's been great the whole time. It's been their only weapon. Yeah, but I would I would still say when you come up, I'm, I'm saying it's been great. Yeah, but when you come up against an international a team that know potentially um, your number one and number two options, where your pods go, you, um, it's a lot easier to defend because you get up earlier and you, you can predict where it's coming from. I agree. Um, International rugby is a different kettle, but they're still playing Brodie Retallick at the Chiefs. Hmm. They're still jumping against Scott Barrett at the Crusaders. Hmm. Is it that the Brumbies boys aren't getting a run in the row? Yeah, maybe, but I, it does come back to it comes back to timing and throwing. It's such an art form of being able to do it, and uh, I think it also you've seen that the hookers have not even thrown it in straight. It's been frustrating, and I say both teams. I'm not just saying they're the Australian um, hooker. A lot of teams have not been able to throw it in straight. It's that timing to get it right. Bit of deception. Um, if you the problem with the Australians is they are hitting the front man too much. So as a defensive team, you can predict where it's going, so you get the guy up early. That that's harder as well. Whereas maybe in the Brumbies, yeah, they just have more confidence to throw it back, you know, to the back of the lineup because they, you know, they've got more confidence in the way that they're set up. I don't know. Because I just have this feeling that until Australia has scrum and line out as confident as the Brumbies are with it, um, we're chasing chaos. Hmm. But the thing is, you just need to remember, like, again, international teams can defend a rolling wall a lot more effectively than what they do in Super Rugby as well. But I understand setting a platform. I think the Type 5, as much as I'll be defending them, I just think they also need to get over the gain line more, whether that's Philip, who may be lacking a bit, as you, which you mentioned, but just the Type 5 as a whole need to give you a bit more go forward one the way they do. And that, that, that comes from a six as well, and even from your eight. The whole forwards need to give you a bit more go forward. Because um, when you're going forward, it's a lot easier to play... Uh, with your running centres, because your two centres are not really... Pasami's done well, don't get me wrong, but they're, they're run-first options, and even 10 yeah, run-first option. Um, um, and so, therefore, you need that go-forward. And unless you get that go-forward, I think you're always going to struggle. Yeah, I think I thought their go-forward was actually okay throughout that throughout the Argentina. I thought they were quite fine. I thought they were, they were doing quite well. I felt like when the script was broken and a man got isolated, there was no adaptability to any of that. And rushing defense, something not working, someone holding on a pass too long, Hodge running it himself. It's not what was pre-organized or planned and no one was expecting it. They could not win those rucks. And there were turnovers. I think our forwards made some good ad line on Saturday. 
Yeah, they, they got there. out, and they, which is one bloke we never point the gun at here. It's, it's Hooper because he does more work than anyone else out there. But I tell you what, him not being a genuine seven, he's, you know, he just doesn't do the breakdown work that Australian rugby is used to with David Pocock and George Smith in terms of turnover and securing your own kill. But it's a collective effort. I've been saying this for a while. If you look at most international teams around the, around the world, they don't have a, a traditional jackler anymore. It's a, it's a, it's done by collaboration, collectivity, and. Is it over coaching them that they're all looking for the next run? Maybe. Rather than you know most forwards are on autopilot. You know we can all think of forwards we play with. You don't remember them carrying the ball because they're just autopilot to every break. Hmm. That's a very amateur way to play rugby, though. Oh, look, it is. And I know they've got their little partitions in different parts of the field where you do this and that, all that bullshit. But it seems like, I don't know, maybe they're over they're overthinking it instead of just getting at the breakdown. Mm. Um, all right, Jim, talk us through Patea's kick at the end of the game because we've been swinging from his nuts all season. So did this happen in the end of the game? I find it really hard to watch a close game in the last 10 minutes. I've always, I've got it on mute. I'm going to the toilet 400 times. I'm pouring another glass of wine, got an espresso brewing, whatever it is. I find it very hard to sit there. So I actually missed it. Um, but if it was as bad as everyone made out, it uh, just youth, inexperience, um, razzle-dazzle, reading into the high peak and do that one man, once in a lifetime sort of things that will win the game for everyone, which he can do. We've all seen him do that. But um, I think he didn't have that cool, calm head he needed, especially at 13 to sort of do the right thing, make the right decision and play the uh, the high possibility play. What were you thinking, Richard, when it went down? <sighs> My initial reaction was, what the hell are you doing? Like, seriously, are you, are you, is your mind blown? Have you got too excited? But then I thought to myself, is he just, yeah, is he just nervous? I, I'm not sure why he did it because obviously he had such a big overlap, but Maybe he was going, as Jim said, for the hero moment, the little grubber all the way through. But as an Australian fan, you must be screaming at the TV. I lost years of my life. It was infuriating. Um, and I think kicking in general, it was clearly that that was the game plan, right? It was clear as day that we were going to bomb, box kick, and it largely was working. Once we needed to go away from that, we tend to go, um, we didn't know how. I don't know, there's like a coaching curse with Australia at the moment. Once things don't go our way, we either... Okay, so chaos it's or... proper habitual at this point. I've, I've seen it so many fucking times. So do I've I seen you... us dominate the first quarter of a rugby game like we did, not get probably what we deserved in terms of points, and then just get punished or put away as a result of that. And, then and our that's where you've got to give Heads up. hang like long ball Larry, man. Hmm. So, so do you um do you, do you want to just throw this? And we've all been in a state of we've all every country's had this as two point. Is there too much coaching further down? Then are we are you saying that actually at this moment in time that there's too much structure? There's too much. We need to do line out and scrum, nah, and we need to go through this. But actually, you need to look at skills and being able to play in the freedom and being able to read what's in front of you. Which you know, as a kid, you're always taught about. You know as a back line, being able to run all your moves and everything and you nail those, but you can't do it in open play. So I wonder too- though, if the, the, the issue isn't the training as it is the pressure, hmm. just the high stakes of international rugby. Once that scoreboard gets close, once that time starts ticking, it's getting near 80. You just start second guessing yourself. No, but I mean, even in younger groups, I'm saying, is there too much coaching in younger groups? That's a, this is a big 
big question. I understand is that too much is that uh, kids in a younger age being overcoached and overset piece orientated in terms of even backs? I'm not just saying in terms of forwards as well. Yeah, look, it's a, a it's an interesting question. And when you see 12 and 13 year olds running around in pods and shit like that, yeah, absolutely. I'm not down at Gannon's on a Saturday morning, so it's hard for me to say whether or not the toddlers are getting caged too much. But I remember coaching at, at the school we went to. It was just your year eight maths teacher doing his best for an extra 5K a year. <laughs> there was no coaching going on. There was no other coaching, was there? Look at the fine fettle you two turned into, yes? <laughs> yeah, not a lot of coaching. There wasn't a lot of coaching. I, I think, if anything, it's a lot more competitive in sort of club rugby now. Um. I like that the super or not super rugby, sorry, the shoot shield and the lower grades that are like, it's so serious. You get the updates from coaching staff. There's just so many coaches that are now employed all volunteering. It's absolutely excellent. But um, I think there is some credence to what you're saying in terms of there's so many different aspects of the game that have their own personalized coach. Mm. Um, and as a player who's just rocking up on a Saturday and two nights a week, um, it might be a bit too much. How much are you actually taking in? I don't know. So be like, mate. Thursdays, the forwards do unopposed line outs, and the backs do unopposed backline moves. Yeah, yeah, and that ball's not going in straight. Let's be perfectly honest. <laughs> and they literally, you lift the guy, and he throws it to them. There's no synchronicity. It's just literally, I lift it, you throw it to me, mate. Yeah, okay, let's go. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're taking the tangent from international rugby. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it translates. Well, it translates. What other blokes from Australia worth to mention? Is Tom Banks one trick pony? I think he struggles. Sorry, just going back. He struggles with two running centers. He needs a more of a pass first option as a as a as a as a twelve to so feed him a bit. Yeah, I think so. It's almost if you're playing those two boys, you need a um, someone who can step in at first receiver. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. You need someone to run. You need a yeah. I, my, his counterplay is not his strong point, which I think is really important as a fullback. But his kicking mm. and under the high ball is adequate. And again, we've sat here for half an hour shitting on the forwards not really, you know, getting dominated at breakdown um, and struggling at line out. It's hard to pick on a fullback and a winger, but I'll shit on him. Um, and Corabetti didn't didn't cover himself in glory on the weekend, did he? Nah, couldn't back up. Couldn't back up from two weeks ago. Yeah. It is kind of that thing, though. One minute, one week he's he's outstanding, and then he seems to just have a week off. Just think he's a winger. But in other games. When, when other games, when he's played really well, it's not just because he's been a natural finisher and whatever, and he's made tackles. He's come and found work. Whereas yeah. on the weekend, he didn't do that. It was kind of like, I'm just going to... Obviously, he didn't think this, but it's like, I'm just going to hang out here. Mm. No, it did, it did seem like that. You wouldn't have known he was on the park. No. But, um, and Dow Gurno, I'm almost upset. Every time, every touch he has in international rugby is just pass at the moment. Mm. Um, he's got a bit of a curse on him, doesn't he? That yellow card is screwed with him, is I think. Yeah. Um, look, we've got to give it up to Argentina. I've shot on the team before, but, mate, it's a pretty incredible achievement. Was it 400 days without rugby? Mm. Under quarantine, we've all seen the video of the boys training at home. They've come to Australia, beat New Zealand, and drawn with Australia within seven days. It's That's really right. Great effort. I wish we did a pod last week, man. That monumental victory against New Zealand at Bank West as well, of all the stadiums. Yeah, it's just hard to be behind them now. Yeah, I know. Um, but I was behind them. And then with Australia, look, we're punters. It is what it is. Two games, two draws. We kick one more goal on both of those games. We're sitting here. How good are penalty goals? How good are the Wallabies? Reese Hodge for president. Statue for Simmons. Hang on, hang on. Reese Hodge for president? 
Well, no one else is claiming it. <laughs> Pattaya was. Now he can't even get elected as a local member. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, look, there's no other way to put it. A frustrating weekend for Australian rugby. And it was even a messy, frustrating game of rugby. Um, and we would have copped it had we just scraped the win. Yeah. I'll take a one-point win. Easy. Yeah, it just sort of compounds, doesn't it? Um, it is what it is, though. It was, it was disappointing, and it makes it very hard for Australia to win the rugby championship or the Tri-Nations, whatever you call it for now. I think mm. we need Argentina what get within seven of the All Blacks and then ask to beat Argentina with a bonus point. I reckon All Blacks are going to come back, come home with a soggy sail. Yeah, but we thought that last time. I know, but... Now they've now they've been stood up two weeks in a row. There'd be some vengeance there. There'd be some something about them. Look, I'll, 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 there's no way the All Blacks are losing again. They're playing this weekend, right? Have I got that right? No, it's yeah. Argentina Australia again. Is no, it? Not. No, is it? Isn't it? I think you're talking, telling Porky's Jim. Yeah, I'm gonna look at that up. I'm looking it up now. That's nah, Argentina and the Kiwis. Yeah. And then are we playing Argentina the week after? They can't play four weeks in a row. That's madness. Yeah, they're playing four weeks in a row. Mate, good on them. I'm glad they drew on one because they are not winning the next day. No. But we did. We played four in a row. The All Blacks played four in a row. Didn't we have a week off in there? No, we played four. Four back to back. Oh, did we have a week? Richard, did nah, we have a week off? I think you had a week off, yeah. Ah, okay. You had to travel because it was two in New Zealand. I'm sure you had a week off and then you played two in Australia. So we don't play. Um, we don't play them again, do we? No. What Argentina or All Blacks? We don't play the All Blacks again. Yeah, you play Argentina again. One's at Newcastle and one's at Bank West, I think. Mm. Yeah, can we show off the Newcastle? What is it about Newcastle you don't like? Too windy. We just Liverpool playing Scotland. I didn't hear you then. Sorry, what? You're right, Emma. No, I genuinely didn't. Actually. We lose, we lose up there. And then he started a list and it ended with Scotland. Is it Samoa and Scotland? <laughs> oh, really? Samoa and Scotland, both Newcastle. Don't know, man. Could be Newcastle's not great, but no. it was storming, storming up there. It's always storming up there, mate. But Brookvale's not great either. So I don't really know where you propose. Yeah, we just don't have the rack. Brisbane's every game at Suncorp. Every game. Every game at Suncorp. Just down at Foreshore Park, no? That'd be nice. Wouldn't yeah. say that. Yeah, um, so, well, let's talk about the All Blacks really briefly. Is it doom and gloom for them? He's copping a lot of flack, old mate, the coach. No, it's just two Where's games. It? Have a bit of like seriously, chill out, guys. I'm sorry. I know it's just two. Ga- it's just two games. They just got nothing else doing sport wise down no. there. So they're just going to cop it. They That's are copying it. Yeah, absolutely. It's two Is games. Is it arrogance though? Chopping and changing the team every week. Playing blokes out of position. Isn't that what Australia's doing? Yeah, yeah, but we just got no idea what we're doing. I think it's a coach's <laughs> identity thing. I think what's made the other two coaches really good is that the Graham Henry and the dude who followed him, they just didn't change much. They were already part of that scheme that they just continued on with it. Mm. All this chopping and changing is a little bit uncharacteristic. And maybe that's because of the form that some of the players are showing. Or he's just brought in this new sort of way of doing things that just hasn't been working well. Well, that's the mail that there's no Carter, Nono, Three Smiths, McCaw, Retallick. They're just Kieran Reid. Like those superstars, legends of the game aren't the core of the team anymore. 
Mm. But if, like we take a step, if we take a step back and look at that, the best New Zealand team that they can put out, that is still a very, very good New Zealand There's no team. one in the world I'm not backing them to beat. Still. So, exactly. I just think but New Zealand... aren't what they were. No, but there's always, there's always a step back. I understand what you're saying. There's a cycle and completely. You lose your absolute world beaters, your absolute icons of the game, your Hall of Famers, and someone else steps in. I get that. And those people haven't done that yet because Ian Foster's making his, his stance, wants to give people a view. Give it next year when you start playing again. He'll have a settled team and they'll still be outstanding again. I, I agree with you, but I don't think the New Zealand fans have got that patience. Oh, the what, the seventh and tenth ranked team in the world? Yeah, well, they've lost two games. I think they just need to chill a little bit. They'll be okay. It's been ten years though, since they've done that. I, I, yeah, okay. I wish it'd been ten years since England had lost two games in a row. I know yeah. we haven't lost for a while, but preach. Don't get me wrong. I hear what you're saying, and I think uh, people. But I, but I understand the New Zealand fans' criticism. You're playing a COVID Argentina and a Super Rugby Australia. I think they thought they were going to do this at a canter. Mm. Which is why they picked an understrength team. But even if you look at the senior players coming through, they don't have the the resume that the ones that used to dominate that lineup did. Yeah, and God, they're missing Brody Retallick. Like, who's the who's the next coming into the the senior leadership? It's like Bowden Barrett, right? Bowden Barrett would be part of that. Aaron Smith would be part of that. Yeah, they're world class. You know, oh, 100% yeah. they're world class. But um, they don't have the... To me, they don't have the same aura as Richie McCaw did and fucking the, both Smiths. Do you remember that? Jesus. Hmm. Interesting. It's an interesting time to... must be an interesting time to be a Kiwi fan. I think um, they get the balance right. They get the right coach. They get the right culture. These blokes are the legends. Hmm. And a podcast from four years from now was saying the same thing. They get the combination wrong. The fans turn on them. They're not. Well, can I ask you what? What, what did you think? Because I, I wanted to ask you this, and it's a good segue because of the fans. What do you think of Sam Kane's comments the other week that the Kiwi fans don't know what they're talking about, or something along those lines? Um, I guess as a, uh, a podcaster, I take it serious offence to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's just signs that the pressure is getting to him. It's uncharacteristic no. of an All Black captain. Yeah, look, my, my honest feeling is I think every professional football player would feel like that, right? Every yeah, player would feel oh, like, yeah. who the fuck are these pricks going ass? What's what? Thinking they know what happens behind the scenes and why we lost and this and that. I think they all feel like that. They have no right to ever utter those words. Hmm. We pay their wages. Fans are passionate, mate. They treat this like a religion. I know they all think it. And I reckon any ex-professional who's listening to this podcast is shut up, blokes. You don't know what Patea was going through when he kicked that. You've never been there. Of course. Of course. Can't say it. <laughs> can, I, can I just say? Can't say it. I, I've seen you boys play. You, you, know, you know what you, what it feels like. I've seen you with a rugby, with a footy in your hand. I've put a grubber in when I shouldn't have many a time. Absolutely. I'll never forget that grubber, Jim. <laughs> Um, no, I just, I, I stand by that. I think, I think Sam Kane is pragmatically correct. You can't say it. And I'm with Jim. The fact that he said it shows that the, the cracks are appearing. What do you think, Richard? No, I echo that thought. I can't believe he said it. Um, I understand you say it behind closed doors and you use it as a rallying call to try and motivate your players, even though you don't, shouldn't need anything to motivate you the following game. And as I say, you, you use it as an us against them kind of, 
argument to try and build that community within your squad or sense of collectiveness, but definitely can't say it to the media. Definitely not. It's, it's a silly thing to do. It builds extra pressure and bring, brings extra intrigue to your team that's not needed at this time of um, despair, as they would put it in this, uh, after losing two games in a row. So I agree with you completely. Mm. And um, don't forget that commenting on sport is a huge, it's huge business and it's part of it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. We, we literally pay their wages. The, the reason people are so interested in the rugby on the weekend is because they follow it on Twitter, read the article, listen to the podcast, watch the TV show of it, watch the pre-game coverage, buy the ticket to the game, buy the jersey, buy the video game, buy the football at Rebel. That's what pays their wages. Mm-hmm. The conversations around rugby, so you, you just got to take it. We know we're wrong. Mm. Well, we're on issue about Ned Addigan, mate. There's an, couldn't compete with that bloke. I don't know what's going through his head. I couldn't imagine what he can bench press, how quickly he can run the 100, all of it. But it is what it is, mate. I'm, we shit on you. You've got to deal with it. Again, have you not seen Jim on a rugby pitch, mate? I need lightning. It's yeah, been a long so time since I've taken the field, man. Well, Jim under a bench press. Can you not see Jim right now with his singlet on? Surely. It's hot, man. It's fucking hot in this room. Um, well, just quit the elephant in the room. Did Checker tell Ranny to pick Hannigan and Simmons? No, nah, but did you see he wasn't donning the uh, yeah, the that polo? Was funny. yeah, that was funny in his blue skivvy. He loves Australia, mate. He yeah. just does, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think, um, all Australians, as much as we all turned on Checker, I think we all love the character Michael Checker, yeah. I love that he he's not in hiding, he's not somewhere else, like yeah, well, the other coaches seem to fuck. Where's you and McKenzie? No one knows. I haven't seen Robbie Deans in 10 years. Yeah, exactly. Eddie Jones and Checker, but they just got on with it. We mm-hmm. shat on them. They just took up over seas and got twice as good. Mm-hmm. Um, just very quickly, is uh, obviously you're going for Argentina to lose both their remaining games and Australia to, and New Zealand to win the Tri-Nations then, yes? Just to confirm that? Yeah, but God, I don't want them to. Jim? Like, I can't express how badly I don't want them to. You think New Zealand are going to win the Shrine Nations? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm just saying, do we all think that Argentina lose their final two games? They've read the crest of the wave. They're down in a plummet. So that draw pretty much signed us away from winning it, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can still do it, but we need Argentina to lose by bonus point and then to beat Argentina by bonus point. Yeah, no, New Zealand will get the... Or, Or something like that. Or New Zealand to not get a bonus point against Argentina. Mm. There's, yeah, a lot of permuta- there's a lot of permutations let's be honest if New Zealand win comfortably then they win the champ- they win the title they'll try I just don't know if they've got it mm. yeah, but mate I've thought that two weeks in a row and they just keep showing up nothing but heart those Argentinians I mean you look at their attack it is fold to the blind side fold to the blind side fold to the blind side put in a kick repeat there's nothing else doing and they just execute. They just never drop the ball. The kicks are always pinpoint accuracy. Always got a good chase. Do not miss a tackle. Pretty fit like, too. There's nothing complicated about it, but every single player on that field does his job. It's a handsome bench. Accuracy. Yeah, good-looking dudes. Hey, all the dudes who are just on the cusp of the 23. <laughs> it's a good-looking yeah, bench. They'd be spewing about COVID. Yeah, they would. That would have been a really cracking time. Um, anyone that's a little upset that Slipper started for Argentina? 
He got his residency very quickly, didn't he? Yeah, because we, we're down Slipper and he just plays hookout for Argentina and throws it in very well. I was like, and then, yeah, and Slipper signed with the force next year. Did he? Yeah. Oh, that's a big loss to the Brumbies. <laughs> Montoya did, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was well, I, I hope that we see some more of those blokes playing Super Rugby. Imagine if they're on the same team. <laughs> well, there'd be hooker and proper to be outstanding. Be great every week too. <laughs> oh, all right, boys. Uh, very quickly uh, before we have to shoot, is there anything else you want to cover? Yeah, wrap your head around this. The Super Rugby kicks off in under three months. That's crazy. It's crazy. I'm very excited about um, next season. I couldn't really make heads or tails of it. So, is there a New Zealand comp and an Australian comp, and then we combine at the end or something? No, they run. Concurrently, so they come over here at the same time. It's traveling all on. It's all on. Uh, I thought it was. No, I thought it was. In a, they were separate. I really should do our research. And Pretty then, sure they were separate. You came here for the right info, guys. Look, and then we are playing them. So I don't know. It looks out. I'm very excited. It looks outstanding. I thought I'm I looked good. into this. I'm going to look into it right now because clearly, yeah, do it. Yeah. Well, on that, I'm very excited for the Australian teams. I think New South Wales will have come leaps and bounds. I think the Brumbies. I want to know what everyone's doing. Um, with their Foxtel and their Stan, what, what's everyone's combo going to look like next year? Because you, I got rid of Foxtel. I told them where to shove it. I love. Well, why are you ridding of us? Because you've got rid of the rugby, man. What they are I was upset about the soccer. Now, now I'm done. You know, you've got rid of the rugby. It's all over. What What do they offer you? Yes, yeah, so they're separate, price. by the way. Half price. Half price? Yeah, like, got, me, got them down to 30, 30 months. Doesn't that sting? I'm just sitting here paying 90 because I just couldn't be bothered to sit on hold for 20. Yeah, I, I took the day off to do it. Yeah. And then they called me two days later and were like, we, we want to know why you're leaving. I told you, man. They were really rude. I had to be really rude to them on the phone. I'm about to... Can um, I just say, this is great podcasting right now, but can I just say, yeah, it's they're separate competitions. No, you think that, Richard. Okay. But there are hundreds of people listening to this right now who are going to have to go through the ordeal of cancelling their Foxtel. I'm sure they'll be able to cope. They're you know, confident enough humans to be you able to do that. You say that, I can't even bring myself to make the call. I, no, I had to take a day off to do it. The emotional baggage, Richard. Did you get a doctor's certificate for it? No, of course not. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, they're separate competitions. They're not even going to have a... A crossover competition. No, there are. There's a crossover. Okay. Yeah. Announced, mate. Okay. Well, I'm looking at the wrong stuff then. You must be any of the stats, man. Yeah, you're probably looking at the Foxtel website. No, 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 no. no. Trader. But <laughs> I imagine we're all getting stand. Is that how it's going? Just stand. to let you know that the the random website that I'm looking at is uh, the Super Rugby website. But yeah, similar. Uh, must be wrong. Mm. How'd you spell? How'd you spell rugby? <laughs> w um. Yeah, it's the mate Wikipedia 2021 Super Rugby season. Ten team comp, four from Australia, four from New Zealand. Competition format. Are you sure that's not the 2022 competition? Uh, 2021. All right. On the 11th of November, 2021 Super Rugby fixtures announced. I'm yeah. Just... I, so oh, look, am I reading all of this? No, that's fine. Well, I will. We'll. we'll we clearly not do it. We should cut this bit out, probably. Playing each other in 25 crossover matches before a final. All sides will play two home matches and two away matches, as well as a super round. Blah, 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 blah. All right. 
So I think you're playing your country more, but you still played the other country once. Okay, there you go. I that was not understanding, yeah. Then I'm wrong. I apologise to everyone listening out there. Yeah, the stats, man. It's all right. It happens to the best of us. Hooper forgot to win a breakdown on the weekend, so. <laughs> there you go. It's all good. Um, Jim Blaine had two losses on Hodges' goal, kicking at the death. Brutal. Yeah, it's true, but man, Sanchez kicks that. Hey, look, you're not wrong. Actually, last point on that, because, you know, no one's still here. Um, is that New Zealand's big problem? They don't have a world-class goal kicker? I think uh, it's hugely detrimental to any international team. It is such an advantage. So do I. It's huge. And we haven't had one for 20 years, man. Yeah. Elton Flatley was the last bloke who could kick a goal in Australia. Yeah. Last bloke who we get a penalty, you could actually go get a drink of water knowing you get it. Yeah, 100%. And you know what? Moana and Barrett, I feel the same way. To me, they're, they're, they're not much stronger than James O'Connor or Lolaseo or And that's why, I don't know. Just have interest. Who won? Who, um, who was the all-black um, fly half in the, uh, in the 2015 World Cup? Oh, yeah, look, I hear what you're saying, but look at the players around him. I think that he doesn't have those players around him right now. Yeah, I totally agree with that. But just, I think you're making too much of goal kicking. Like, it's, you can still be an outstanding Seven team. Seven points, mate. One try. <laughs> Dude, you won the 2003 World Cup on goal kicking. And now you're saying it's not that important. Oh, where was that? Sorry, I can't remember. Who was that against? Yeah, all right. Don't bring that up, Jim. You're playing into his hand here. Goal kicking is hugely important. Hugely oh, important. absolutely. It's hugely important. I wouldn't agree. Don't disagree with that whatsoever. But I think your point saying that the reason why New Zealand have lost the last two games is because they don't have a world-class kicker is I disagree with that. You want to know my amendment? Simple. Bring the posts in two metres thinner and a metre higher. Do you know what my amendment is? Just get better at it. Boring. <laughs> and in your country, rugby's not dying, mate. Yeah, exactly. So learn to kick better and you'll be all right. Yeah, right. Uh, right uh. <laughs> learn to win some games, you know, by kicking it through the uh, little post and you'll get the fans oh. back. All right. Jim, we lost you? Oh, yeah, I'm here. I don't know, you guys a little bickering. I didn't stay out of it. <laughs> all right, I got to go anyway, boys. So, See you, um, boys. All, all right. right, thanks for tuning in. Catch ya. Catch ya.